Hey everyone, welcome to episode 52 of 15 with Andy and Randy. Jeff is MIA. But anyway, we were going to kick off today, and a couple of you had mentioned it to me at church this week, that hey, what time does the Facebook Live thing start this coming week? Well, actually, it's going to be, well, I shouldn't probably promise that, but I <laughs> think it's going to be next week. We had a little snafu between Tony and myself about uh, some equipment that we needed to have here, so we have pushed it off until next week. So, moving through that, because that we'll, was... We won't want to miss Jeff being part of it either. No, so. no, well, yeah, right, uh, right. Yeah, no, Jeff, yeah. should, uh, Jeff should definitely be here for that. <laughs> so, before we begin, as always, last week our episode was entitled A Sure Way to Stay Lonely. That one still gets me. The title of that one still gets me. Just reading it like, what? But basically, we decided with the story of David and Bathsheba as the backdrop, not much has changed between then and now. But the good news is that neither has God. He's remained the same, and he's always at the ready to forgive, redeem, and relieve the loneliness of sin. So take a chance. Lighten the load. Build trust. Talk to God. Talk to a friend. Find an accountability partner. Grab coffee or a bite to eat with someone from church or in your neighborhood and live free. If you haven't listened to or watched that message, you can do both in the Hospital Church mobile app or, of course, at the website hospitalchurch.org. Or if you want to stay lonely, right. just, <laughs> just don't confess your sin. You'll be right. fine. Just, you'll be fine. Just keep doing what you've been doing. That'll be fine. Yeah. So this most recent message, and this was part five mm -hmm. of 12 of our once a month series from the heart entitled Living on Purpose. And I'll have to admit... You had me going right at the get-go, Andy. For the last few weeks, I keep guessing that we're going to be working through some kind of self-help book. And it seems, <laughs> at least in part this week, we kind of delivered on that promise just a little bit. Because, I quoted one just so you have something to go <laughs> with. so you had something to work with. Because you did give us a top 10 list of areas of, oh, I don't know, self-improvement. And it was, it was a good list. Not a bad list. If you took one or two of those and just worked on that for the rest of the year, you'd probably be happy with the way your 2017 came out. A little, little more on purpose. A little more on purpose. Yeah. And early on, you did clarify that the message wasn't to add another project to our list or apply any pressure, but rather that the goal of the message was to share biblical truth that can reduce stress speed up decision-making, and create a better sense of satisfaction for us. What about the hospital church family put this message on the heart of staff? Was it was this your message? Was this your idea? Was it somebody else's? Was it a collection of people? It was probably uh, a little more from Gregory uh, Creek's side. Oh, was it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, as we came up with this series. But just thinking about the uh, how you can, you can live a very—life can get very busy. You can, you can do a lot of stuff— and it not be very intentional living. It can be just sort of haphazard living, is, <laughs> as is what I think where he was coming from more, and uh, and so it came up to this: how do we how do we live with more intentionality and more purpose? Yeah, well, and you can never go wrong when you're telling stories or drawing parallels to, or attempt to mimic the life of Jesus. And even <laughs> as a twelve year old or a seventh grader, that was the that for that me was that was weird. that was the shocking thing for my I always learn something when you do a sermon, but the study and to think about Jesus in the temple being a seventh grader, that just casted a whole new light for me. <laughs> well, and not only at that age, I think it's amazing that he not only knew his purpose but further, he was putting it into practice. I mean, at that age, I mean, then there was no, there was no wishy washy. There was no maybe woulda, shoulda, coulda. What am I doing? This put him at odds with his with his parents. I mean, yeah. they were, I mean, clearly upset. And as any, I mean, I guess if you would put that into today, 
you'd still be upset yeah. if missing you're, children you <laughs> make parents upset usually <laughs> it makes them upset but i've always thought that that was one of jesus maybe his most relatable moments mm-hmm. um just because we've all been kids and it kind of parallels to us when we were at that age and you're kind of testing the yeah, waters self differentiations happening very clearly <laughs> yeah and you know, even for many of us, though, I was thinking about it and maybe hadn't up until this point, but a lot of us that were or are twice or three times, four times his age, how many of us have that clarity of our life's purpose? Wow. Now, and but then I think, well, okay, he was Jesus, though. Mm-hmm. He was God. Didn't he have, didn't he have some kind of didn't he have an advantage in this? Well, I, I, it seems like it was a, it was a slowly revelatory thing. I mean, I, he went through normal childhood. He, right. He was a kid. Um, had to go through developmental stages of you know learning these how to walk and talk okay. and all those kinds of things. So it, it, it's it's around that early teen era is not a is not an unusual place to begin to think about what am I here for. Right. But to just have, it just struck me that the way, the confidence that he speaks to those parents about just like, well, yeah. No duh. Yeah, right. I mean, you had to have known what I was doing. And that just struck me like, I don't even know at this point in my life if I'm that Mm -hmm. convinced or solidified into, if someone asked me like, oh yeah, that's what I'm here to do. Well, it it may be because we we want to pigeonhole it more narrowly. His clarity was a pretty wide open armed clarity. I, I must be about my father's business. Don't you know I'd be in my father's house? So I've come, basically I've come to do the father's will is a pretty broad. Um, That's true. Encompassing purpose. It wasn't like I I am sent to do pickup sticks. You know I mean it was it, yeah. was, it had a lot of broadness to it. The learning and the just being absorbed into that atmosphere, mm-hmm. that culture, maybe right. is what he was thinking. Yeah, I think, and just being um, not about his, just his, what he wanted to do. He was he was he came very specifically to do his father's purposes. So mainly, if you're, if I'm understanding what you're saying, then basically by taking that broad view, it's not a bad place to start and just say, "Listen, I'm about you, God, and mm-hmm. I'm about your plan for me." So we're going to take this journey, and then when we find out the details. It's just going to kind of be a process. Well, it really is. A, I think it's a really s- secure place to be. Humphrey Fishers, and I may have said this before on one of the other podcasts, but Humphrey Fishers is a theologian I heard when I was probably uh, t- 20, 21 years old, probably maybe. So a couple of years ago. Yeah, just a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was talking about how to know the will of God and how to how to be with how to live in the will of God. And so I'm all I'm all ears as this young, sem, you know, I hadn't been a seminary yet. I was just finishing. I was in college, and and it's like, okay, who who doesn't want to know the will of God? And he basically <laughs> was saying, you get on your knees and you stay on your knees praying until you can honestly say to God, God, I want whatever you want. That's what I want. I want your will in my life. He said, and then you get up and do what you want. And I'm, I'm almost thought he's being sacrilegious, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, but really, it, it, under the concept of clarity on I'm here to do whatever you want, God. Now I'm going to get up and I'm going to become a moving ship that you can direct, going after things that I enjoy. Sure. So I'm going to work within my gift mix and my framework and and my cultural time frame and the family heritage that I have and all those things, and I'm going to start moving forward trying to serve you in a way that makes sense to me and that I enjoy. And then if God wants me to do something else, it's much easier for God to 
do a little rudder adjustment, move a ship that's moving, <laughs> yeah. then to get one out of dock. Yeah. Uh, and so oftentimes we get stuck with a uh, how I got I can't move until I know God's purpose for me versus saying, yeah. Oh God, my purpose is to follow your purpose. Now I'm gonna start moving. Well, that's pure genius right there. Because that's going to answer one of our questions later. <laughs> oh, good. It's going to uh, answer that one for later on. So just remember what you just heard. Start moving, and that's going to make the process easier which, easier, which makes perfect sense. I guess I hadn't thought about it specifically that way, but it's not always about having the answers or having it all figured out because that's probably not going to happen anyway completely sure. uh, down the line. Well, but. A, a car moving – is more likely to get to its destination than one sitting in the garage thinking about which direction it should go out of the driveway. That's true. Even if you come out of the driveway and turn the wrong direction, quote wrong, yeah, th- it's a matter of enough turns to get back on the right route. Whereas if you're still sitting in the garage thinking, I can't leave till I know every turn between here and California, you, you're, you're probably never going to leave. Yeah. yeah, and I guess I've heard that before in different ways that sometimes it's just a matter of – it's not. don't think of it as a right turn or a wrong turn. Just think of it as moving and then it's we're – Big adventure. It's, right. <laughs> it's a big adventure, but we hate – why do we hate so much to think or to feel like, oh, what if that's the wrong thing? Well, I think I think part of it is our our over – conception of our rightness and wrongness in the whole process, as opposed to just saying, okay, you know, we're already pretty messed up. Let's just start moving like God direct. Yeah. We're pretty important in this this process until we realize that, well, maybe we're really not. not. Yeah. And I think that, you know, everyday life and there's so much to worry about, so many things that vie for our time and our attention, and this isn't certainly news by any stretch. And yet the verse that you quoted regarding the worry of the everyday stuff, which is, you know, why be like pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? And I'm thinking to myself, ouch, yeah, that, that hurts a little bit. <laughs> well, it's funny that Jesus picks, <laughs> Jesus picks out, don't be scared about, you, about your about – your, um, what was the first one? Um, oh, what you're going to eat. What you eat or what you're going to drink, drink or what you're going to wear. wear. If yep. you've been to the mall, <laughs> right? There's, food a, court. there's a food court and all the stores about what you're going to wear. <laughs> that's right. And depending on what you go to eat at the food court might be – nah, that's yeah. probably not that much. Uh, but would you classify – and this just came – I was thinking this during the sermon. Would you classify that worry or that consuming worry? Like ugh, mm-hmm. just you know, everything is so important. Would you, would you classify that as a sin? Like this – you're just constantly caught in – because it seems like we get caught in this rut where – we're we're just doing life and we're we're putting out fires here and there and everywhere mm. and at the end of the week it's like you know for those of us that are Seventh Day Adventists or Sabbath keepers not always necessarily right. Seventh Day Adventists but you get to the end of the week and like wow that was a complete dumpster fire for the whole week how did I get here mm-hmm. well and, and worry is if if not a sin certainly a futility um, yeah because it doesn't accomplish anything not really no, no. worry is is this. Concern about something that hasn't yet happened, so it's not you can't do anything about it really yet. <laughs> and so, and I think if the absence of faith is sin, then certainly worry would be a close relative. That's true because yeah. worry is 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 com- comes from a lack of faith. If we, if I if I trust God, then why would I be worrying about this? If I if I'm if I if I trust some, if I trust my spouse, I don't worry about what they're doing. True. Um, and yeah. so, if I trust God, I can I should be able to worry less. I mean, I yeah, I guess cut I it all out, but it's it it really is a, a faith thing is, is sort of, and not to be cavalier or Pollyannish, <laughs> uh, but it is a confidence that it's going to work out. Yeah, uh, faith is, is that you know a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and worry is 
already figuring all that stuff out ahead of time that's going to all be bad. Yeah, because uh. <laughs> the worry is just the confirmation of this is only going to end horribly. That's right. Well, and the funny part is, as we were kind of sitting through the message, and then when I listened to it again, I've heard messages similar, in, maybe in content, not necessarily style. And, and looking back over that time, and I think more often than not, I've sort of blown it off and just said to myself, yeah, 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 that sounds good. But here's another one of those things where, all right, well, you know, this is Randy's problem and we'll just, you know, we'll take it. Or, you know, oh, well, sure, sure. The pastor doesn't know my struggles. He doesn't know my mm-hmm. problems and he doesn't understand what's on my plate that I have to deal with every week. And then just kind of continue, just move along, nothing to see here, unchanged, no new direction, and really not a view of a need to change. But for whatever reason, this message struck me differently. And maybe it was the texts that you used, the verses, the analogies. You had the books, you know, uh, Purpose Driven Life. <laughs> and I forget the other one that was, was – that, that one I think was a little bit before. Oh, it, it was uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective yes, People. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I actually think I have that book, and <laughs> um, but I don't – don't think I don't think I've read it. Well, owning is close. <laughs> owning it is close. But if there's someone listening that still feels like this just isn't applicable somehow, what would you say that maybe you didn't cover in the message? And here's where I was going to ask Jeff this question because I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> you know, here's someone that meets with people on a regular basis mm-hmm. as a counselor, but you know, I'm not, and I, I don't know the answer because I'm just sitting at the listening to the message, going, "Wow, this makes perfect sense." And why did this never? Was it just that I was not receptive at the time? Was it just that I was in a bad mood or just, you know, the devil was like, ah, don't listen to that garbage. And for whatever reason, this time it resonated and it really, it really kind of puts you at ease when mm. you just, when listening to this going, if I lived just a little bit more on purpose, you know, just, just do a few things like you just said, you know, just get moving, let God, you know, kind of move you where you need to go. Why doesn't that make us feel good? Like, Hey, God's in charge. <laughs> Yeah, well, because I think part of it, Randy, and it's it's embarrassing, but I think it's true. I think part of the resistance to, yay, God's in charge, let's be free and move forward, is the difficulty of us wanting to agree to not be in charge. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) We want want to be so causal to everything. We're sort of stuck as five-year-olds believing the sun comes up because we're here kind of thing. And we want to have, we want to be able to feel like that we are in control and that we have a say and that we're in charge. And to be able to come to the sense that says, you know, hey, without you, I can do nothing. You're the vine. I'm the branch. I got to hang on to you. Uh, That's my goal. My my responsibility is to stay connected and your responsibility is everything else. And that's, that. it, it absolves us of a lot of concerns and worries, but it also takes away any credit we might get. (laughs) (laughs) Like we had a part to play in this. Well, you know, and the other part that it really boiled down to for me this week was pride. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, you spoke about our inability to serve two masters, and it really is impossible for our pride and allowing God to shape us into this plan. Those two just can't co-mingle. They can't exist together. It was was really interesting for me to think about. We've always do, you know, you can't serve God and money, but you can't really serve two primary purposes. Yeah, 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 that was that, a good. That was a great one. It's, uh, it's it's interesting how the word priority in our. We'll talk about what are your priorities. Well, I have these eight top priorities. Well, well <laughs> you can't have eight top priorities. <laughs> Something's got to supersede yeah. something else. And so to go back to being able to say what's what's our chief priority in our life. Yeah, and and then sort of work from that standpoint instead. If that's really serving God, then everything else could get pro- the other seven of right. the top could get prioritized. 
if that one's number one. Yeah, and that, and and if if God is faithful and just, which we believe Him to be, and He says, if you seek Me first and My kingdom and My righteousness, everything else you're going to need is going to be taken care of. Yeah, it's just hard for us to it's hard for us to really relax <laughs> into. Yeah. Well, and the one thing I was going to ask both of you, but since Jeff's not here, I'll just ask you: <laughs> Is there any one thing that you have used personally when trying to pull uh, your own purpose into focus? You know, or does being enrolled in the full time vocationally employed club immediately <laughs> come with proper focus? Oh, sure. We know everything. We yeah. know. No, of course not. <laughs> I, I think for me, I've continually gone back to Humphrey Fisher's simple statement of staying on your knees until you can honestly tell God, I want what you want. Yeah. And then get up and do what you want. And that really it just sound it just sounds almost sacrilegious, but I really believe it's it works to be able to say, God, I'm surrendered to you, your will, not mine be done. Yeah. And then get up and do do what you believe God's wired you to do. Yeah. What what fits with who you are. And that's been very helpful for me personally, and in struggling of moments of purposelessness, and or what should I do, trapped in the analysis of paralysis. I mean, a paralysis, analysis, of analysis, analysis kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. All right. Well, one of our last FHC takeaways from this week was: What do you believe is God's purpose for you? And further, I'd like to know if you're aware of that purpose and if you're living it out in your life. Would certainly love to hear about how you've pulled that all together and the processes that brought that understanding and implementation into your life. You can always share those on the Florida Hospital Church mobile app. You can use uh, share it with the media tab, podcast banner, and underneath it there, there's text, emails, or just send it to podcast at hospitalchurch.org. Finally. As we wrap it up, surely at one point or another, we've all struggled with the question of our purpose in life. And I found the words of Romans 11.36 that Andy shared this week is maybe the best viewfinder to look (laughs) through when working through this. Everything comes from Him. Everything happens through Him. Everything ends up in Him. Always glory, always praise. Yes, yes, yes. And when you add that to what Andy just (laughs) talked about, about getting on your knees and waiting for and telling God, yep, I'm going to do what you want me to do and then just go move in the direction that seems the most logical or the most God-centered or the most, (laughs) you know, even if it's just what you think it is, just go with it and God can always move us once we're in play. Next week... This week we begin a new series uh, on Pentecost. Okay. It's the Pentecostal season in the Christian calendar right now. That's true. And so we're going to do one on uh, Acts 2 this week and then a couple others that will that'll fit the same Moving thing. Moving on down the line. So this week is the typical Acts 2 story of the coming of the Holy Spirit, and we'll take a look at that and see what the implications are for us today. Excellent. Well, you're not going to want to miss that, so make sure you join us online or in person on Saturday here at the Hospital Church. If you missed that, you can always check us out next Wednesday in Episode 53. So for... Andy and me and Tom, no Jeff, uh, saying thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you then.